Thanks for stopping into We Called It. We have a pretty good show for you today. Not as good as our other ones because there's no football going on this week. Yeah, Connor. Thought I'd start it off a little bit different, see if anyone would notice. Yeah, there you go. Hey, our show sucks. Keep listening, though. It, it's a B plus. It's a B plus show. We all know it's in between. Uh-huh. It, it, there's no football going on, so it's like, all right, there's a little bit of lull between the Super Bowl. So, oh, we can talk there's... about Super Bowl food later. That's one of the topics. All right, so <laughs> go ahead. Entertainment was is not necessarily supposed to be like, hey, yeah, I'm this well is really good all the time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Let us know if you like it. Hey, we don't care if you don't. Whatever. This is by far our best intro ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first things first, hats off to Connor. Underdog Super Bowl pick actually made it in. Uh, Rumor (laughs) is we have some buttons coming next week that we're all going to be wearing. Loud and proud. We believe in Joe Burrow. Now and forever, even though we have two Browns fans here. (laughs) And guess what? If they win, which they will... They're going to have to wear it every time we're on the show for the rest of the year until next season. I like that, actually. Then when the Browns win, we can get you something stupid, like one of those uh, the, 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 well, the dog works, pound masks. It only works one way, uh, because I'm the originator of the bet, so you guys can't do it back to me. But <laughs> anyways. There is no what goes around uh, comes around here, apparently. It's, all, it's a one-way maybe. street. We'll talk about it. Together. Let's do all of next. Up until there's a new Super Bowl winner. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's a good point. That is a good point. We'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about reciprocating back to me. As of right now, <laughs> hottest of hot takes is still riding. I think they they were the second or third worst odds at the beginning of the playoffs too. I believe, right? The only one that was worse was the Steelers. <laughs> no, and the Eagles. Come on. Don't, don't forget about Philadelphia. They play football too, you know. You sure? The Raiders? The Raiders had to be worse. All right. I don't think so. I, the Raiders were the favorite. Raiders, it was a 3-6. There was a – Raiders were um, – I think they um, were a favored win that week. No, they weren't favored. Don't even. Shut up, Phil. Maybe not. I'm making it up off the top of my head. Whatever. Over make here, it, whatever. Over here just trying to sound better. All right. So whatever it is to make them sound better. All right. So Cincinnati wasn't that bad. They were eighth out of sixteen. Actually, that's okay. still bad. They, they, that's still pretty bad. Yeah. They 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 were the drop off before team like right after Dallas. So, congrats, Connor. Once again, you got Joe Burrow in there and. Actually, I get to write about uh, a same-game parlay article saying bet all the Bengals, and I can't wait because I'm going to say Joe Burrow, like, five touchdowns, T. Higgins, four touchdowns. It's going to be great. Um, before we continue, though, I should probably introduce everyone. Obviously, Connor is over here bragging, former college football receiver, knows more than all of us. And then uh, Dr. Kenneth Call, again, joining us. How you doing, Ken? <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I don't hate the show. That's why I'm once again here. But uh, no, it's good, good seeing you guys again. Every time. Every time. What do I say? Ken, you're a regular now. You don't have to say, thanks for being back. I'm not a regular, but I'm still a regular. And every time you say it, I'm going to remind you. Every time I'm going to keep... Oh. <laughs> We're going to have like a thousand episodes one day. And Ken's going to be like, I'm so glad you guys invited me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. 
All it right. Is. So after a 10-minute opening, um, please like, subscribe, follow us. Uh, we appreciate it. We actually got our first uncoerced uh, comment from my cousin, Danielle Blake. Thank you so much. She said, quote, you guys are so funny with a, I think, crying, <laughs> laughing face. So, Nate, Nate, you're still our number one listener. However, I, I would be lying if I told him, like, if I didn't say, I told him to put some of the comments. So, thank you again, Danielle. All right. Let's uh, get started. And obviously, with the Super Bowl coming up, everyone's going to be watching TV. So, Connor had the wonderful idea to say which ridiculous media personalities we should all be avoiding so we can all give our top three. This can be commentators for games. This can be any kind of media person on ESPN, Fox News, even just the radio. So, Connor, you can go first. Who's your number one person you should never, ever listen to? <laughs> you know what sucks is, like, I watch him and I'm like, man, he makes some good points and then just overreaches on, like, every other point. You guys, if you had to guess, you could probably guess mine. That would probably be Skip Bayless. Just the amount of rules that he bends for the players that he likes and then the rules that he completely dismisses for the players that he hates. I mean, it is not even close. And like, it's like the fact that he gives no credit. So like his, his, his Tom Brady takes, Dallas Cowboys takes, basically anybody that he really likes, even – I am not a LeBron fan, but his other take on LeBron where he's just like, yeah, you know, LeBrick James, and, and he just can't get out of his own way. And, like, he's going to go down as, like, 1A, 1B, as goat of all time in NBA basketball. And yet here we are. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably take, like, four or five guys above him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This dude is ridiculous. It, it, it is wild to me. So I like – shannon sharp a lot i think he does a very good job so on youtube clips i love to watch the beginning of shannon like you know shannon sharp's take on things and yeah. and then turn it off for skip bayless however <laughs> as a browns fan when i know baker mayfield takes are coming aka anytime uh, the browns are brought up baker or obj like uh the rams being this far in the playoffs is absolutely been obj just controversy between him and Sh uh, shannon sharp uh and it's so funny to watch him stay on the Cooper Cup is better than Odell Beckham Jr. train. Like, it means something. Everyone <laughs> knows Cooper Cup is better. Everyone knows Odell's getting single covered. And the point is that he's winning single coverage, so he can still do it. It's just so funny to see him. And, like, he'll go on for, like, four minutes about it and then insist that it wasn't Baker's fault. So. It's weird because there are certain times when he is, like, when he doesn't like someone... He will be like completely objective and make really good points. To your point, he probably would make something like that about the point about OBJ being like, yeah, he should win. Then all of a sudden, if it goes back to like Tom Brady throwing a late pick and then Dak Prescott throwing a late pick, something along those lines, and then Tom Brady somehow comes back and, and, and wins the game. For example, perfect example is the 28 to 3 comeback for the Falcons. Tom Brady put them there in Super Bowl, whatever it was, 2015, 2016. Tom Brady threw a pick six in that game. Tom Brady, if the Falcons didn't give it back to them, Tom Brady did not win that game. I'll go to my grave with that. The fact that 
this is like that was a complete Matt Stafford play. And we're talking completely differently if Julio and Matt Ryan do literally one additional thing, make one more first down. So don't sit here and be like Tom Brady won it all. Second point, like for example, would be like the same exact way that Peyton Manning, when he won his Super Bowls in Denver, kind of on the back end of his career. Super Bowl that he did win, I don't think he threw a touchdown. I think he just kind of rode the backs of that really good Denver defense and game managed and they won the they won the Super Bowl. Don't go out and say, yeah, Peyton Manning won that. Peyton Manning won his Super Bowl with the Colts. Plain and simple. Tom Brady didn't win that, but well, you know, Tom Brady, goat of all time. He is. Be completely objective about things. Now, that's another by the way, side note, not a huge fan of Dan Orlovsky. For the love of God, uh, we're doing a draft. Is... Okay, we're doing a draft. You already had your first pick. We'll see who get right, we'll see right. who takes if he can make it to round all right, two. All right, all, right, all, right. all right, now real quick, adding to your thing. Ken, I'll let you go after this. This week, let's not disrespect the goat. I understand what you're saying. Well, let's not talk about it this week. All right, next week. All right. So last one to pile on skip Elias. Ken, we'll let you do your first pick then. Uh, by the way, loved Tim Tebow because all he did is win. Hates Jimmy Garoppolo because all he did is win. Don't understand it at all. So, yeah. Ken, if you have anything for Skip Bayless, go ahead, pile on. If not, you can take your first pick in our commentators to avoid draft. I think you guys did well enough on Skip Bayless. I, I got to say, I, I just don't super find him entertaining. I, I like I like Shannon Sharp, but I, I prefer Stephen A. Smith without him. Um, but anyways, that's all. Uh, about that, my commentator that I'm gonna is Booger McFarland. Man, I got to say, you know, people want to forget about it. Uh, but I'll tell you at first, now, uh, when the Browns weren't around, uh, the kids in Cleveland had to sort of like pick a team that they liked. And I was just getting in the football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had a pirate ship in their stadium, awesome. Uh, also, they were doing really good. Great defense. Actually, knew who Booger McFarland was. Super excited to see him get out. Uh, you know, to like hear him talk. Um, and he he had a great commentary, like three minutes of talking about taking a, a piss on the sidelines during games, where he's like, "I'm not going back to the locker room." And like, you couldn't tell if he was joking or serious. But I was like, "Oh, this is great. Loved it." Then I got so sick of that damn booger mobile sideline. I pulled up a few of his uh, quotes here. Uh, One of them. What he's saying is since the the Saints did not sign Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown is not a Saints receiver. If I'm four down, quarterback doesn't complete his pass. They will turn the ball over. Like it was just these comments, these one line things over. Over and uh, I gotta say, I know he's, he's not uh, you know on the sidelines Monday nights. I definitely prefer what uh, Manning brothers are doing, but I or Booger Mac. Anytime he's on TV, I gotta get away from it. That was really <laughs> good, actually, man. Research. No, I forgot about Booger, and I hated him. There, all right, so side note: there are different things between being an analyst. Having time to prep your stuff, a commentator where you have to think on your feet and make make things like Herb Street. 
Kirk Herbstreet is fantastic mm-hmm. at it. He is the he is probably the ultimate guy that can put two and two together and think quickly enough to actually add color, add value to commentating. Booger man, that dude was the worst. I just remember sitting here and be like, "All right, here's what the defense is doing. This is called cover three. He go on the the screen and be like, "Cover three. So that means this safety is going to be right in the middle. This is his lane. This corner over here, he's going to drop. That's going to be his lane." His corner, he's going to be this lane. The field is split up into three parts. Cover three. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even have to follow football. If I asked my wife if she knew what cover three was, I said, just take a guess. You probably could guess that. <laughs> don't act like it's like this profound thing and then go, man, I played NFL football. <laughs> oh, man. Booger was such a good pick. All right, so my first pick, this is hard. I got two I really don't like. It's It's got to be Nick Wright. So <laughs> Nick Wright, when Chris Carter was on First Things First, I thought Nick Wright was pretty good because Chris Carter, I, kept, I thought, held him in check. Now I feel like they have just let – They've built the show around Nick and let him go off on tirades and get overly emotional and then use bad arguments for things. And nothing makes me angrier than when he says, I used the math. I believe in analytics. I think you should do this and that. Because he says, and then he says something stupid with it. And it doesn't make too much sense. And then he'll also use like layups with it too. Like, oh, I believe you should pass the ball more because you gain more yards. It's like, okay, yeah, that's level one analytics, but there's more to it than that's why you should pass. But more importantly, he just gets way too heated up and defensive about everything he says. Skip Bayless tries to put his opinion onto you and get you to agree with him. Nick Wright is defensive. And I feel like that just makes it so much worse because it's that theory where it's, if when you're defensive, it's because you don't really believe in yourself or you have some kind of subconscious thing to it. And I just feel that with him where he's just like unconfident in his picks, unconfident in his opinions, but he holds them to the grave because he has to, because he's a TV commentator and he believes in pick integrity, which is the dumbest thing in the world. (laughs) All right. So then let me ask you this. Then the opposite would be a guy like Colin Cowherd flops flip-flops probably and he says and this is where i like this is where i'm like hey, if you make a pick like stand by it so he'll do the thing where new he goes new information has come around and i've changed my thoughts and i'm like so either your hot take that you originally had was forced you didn't actually believe in it or you had a really really terrible first take so that's where i'm like man this guy just like out there he's because guess what if you make a pick and then it's terrible and then you go, yeah, see, oh, got new information and now I totally believe it. And I'm like, that's what literally everyone is going to do. Literally everyone's going to be like, yeah, that was a terrible idea. Perfect example of this. Colin Cowherd's belief in Matt Nagy started off yeah. as Matt Nagy is this phenomenal coach, took Mitch Trubisky, did all these wonderful things, and now Mitch Nagy is awful and deserves to be fired and let out the door. So... My thought is, if you're going to be on the Matt Nagy's a good coach thing, you need to continue believing in that, even when he struggles. So you have to stand by the fact that he's a good offensive mind, and at worst case, should still be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, right? Yep. However, I think 
I, I don't think Cowherd, he, he just overreacts, right? Where it's like the latest and greatest is always the best information. So where Nick Wright, they're, they're two opposite ends of the spectrum. There, there's a happy middle ground where it's, I can update my pick. Let's say I pick the Browns to win the Super Bowl next year. They start out 0-4 and they look terrible. I, sh- I can be like, okay, I was wrong. They did this, this, and this wrong. I like this team better because they actually look phenomenal or something, right? I, and I feel like that's respectable. So give it enough time. And a lot of data, not every week you're flip-flopping and saying, he does his herd hierarchy, right? And he always yeah. changes, like, the top two teams. He goes, the top four teams are Super Bowl-esque teams, and they're different every week. That you can't, yeah, That's yeah. something you can't do. I mean, you're not really taking a stand in anything. You're just like, hey, here's what I think literally this week. Literally this week. And he's like, yeah, that's a good show. And I'm like, either that or don't take it, don't have a take. Or, to your point, say you pick the Browns. Say, hey, they're not going to the Super Bowl. Do your research and say, either I had an awful pick and they are really bad, like shouldn't even be close, or like, okay, they're actually a good team. They maybe be playoff bound. It's 0-4 and he's like, they're done, done, done. I'm off. I heard wrong. And then to end with my Nick Wright spiel, uh, when the – Chiefs were struggling, and he insisted everything was fine and everything would be perfect. And then exactly what happened in the season happened to them just in the course of four quarters in the AFC Championship, and that's why they lost, where it was, you get phenomenal Mahomes and bad Mahomes. That's what everyone was concerned about midway through, but he insisted it'd be fine because he couldn't let go of pick integrity. So there it is, Nick Wright, first three picks out the way. Skip Bayless, Booger McFarland, Nick Wright. So Connor, your man is left. Good. Dan Orlovsky. This, this might be, this might be like, come like, well, I, now that you made a good Booger McFarlane pick, God, I don't want to go back over to this because I don't think he's actually bad, but Jason Witten was on at the same time and those two together were out about, like, I, I, I almost turned off Monday night football commentating like and just watch the just watch the video because those two together were just absolutely terrible. That's why ESPN breaks. I guess Disney breaks breaks open the bank and says Mannings come save us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is this is funny. What's funny is like we had this conversation six weeks ago, maybe about Dan Orlovsky's comment about oh Matt Stafford like. Who cares he's throwing a bunch of picks? He's got the best fourth quarter rating. Well, here's the deal. Everyone's like, oh, Matt Stafford's doing great. No, no. Matt Stafford still has his fourth quarter QBR. He just hasn't thrown picks yet. However, he hit Jaquiski Tart in the hands last week. Like, I mean, just, just everything that Matt Stafford was and is and is going to be was on display. But we decide that we go, yeah, but Anerlowski be like, I'm not worried. He's like a Nick Wright. I'm not worried. <laughs> Marcus Spears jumped him. He was supposed to do a defensive breakdown. And I thought it was hilarious because he stopped his whole skit and was like, we're going to let this go. Like this dude literally just said he has the most picks in the NFL. And we're going to sit here and go, Oh yeah, just move on to defense. He was like, "I'm stopping this. You're serious about this?" And he ripped Dan Orlovsky, and I was like, "Okay." I also, he said, uh, "Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer here. It's okay. You guys are Browns homers. I'm Buckeyes homers here." He trashed like Fields this time. 
did a breakdown of Fields and before he was coming into the the uh, NFL. It was like going either into his senior season or it was like afterwards. He was like, Fields doesn't have it. Fields doesn't have the athletic ability. He doesn't have the QB smarts. He's a super athlete. That's it. I remember his breakdown of the pick was like the guy was a RPO on the right side, slant on the right side, and he just rides uh, Trey Sermon, I think, at the time. He comes up and is about to throw, and he gets the pass, like, knocked down because the defensive end was right there, and he just jumped up. He was like, see, can't happen at the NFL level. He's got to pick his window. He's got to either go before that guy or after that guy. And I'm like, he's 6'2". That dude's 6'7", and you're like, yeah. That'll just happen all the time at the NFL. You got Kyler Murray out here, like he's just five foot two. He's my height. He's just fine. And you got a guy who's like, yeah, he's gonna suck in the end. for that pick. That was your pick for being like Justin Fields. I for, I, I haven't forgotten that, Dan. <laughs> All right, Ken. I know we've kind of ignored you. So any any takes on Nick Rader, Dan Orlovsky? <laughs> you can't tell. I don't. I don't watch as much of the like ESPN like analyst stuff. Um, there that you guys do. Definitely more into commentators, so don't got much to say about, about either of them. But uh, if I can do my next pick, I got it. So once again, being a Cleveland homer, I got to say, Joe Buck, you ruled an entire World Series for me. You took, <laughs> they took uh, Tom Hamilton, or you couldn't listen to him during the game. Of course, it's on the radio, but like, he was the commentator for all of those uh, Chicago Cubs games. And I say Chicago Cubs because he could care less about the freaking Cleveland Indians at the time. And you should have won. But all, all you ever heard about was, what was that guy's name? Uh, Mitch Schwarber or something? Schwarber? Kyle Schwarber. Or Kyle Schwarber. There it is. Uh, you just Every time he got up to bed, even if he struck out, it was just how much of a great guy he is and what a great comeback. Oh. Ah, I got nothing. Go Buck. Just do the word. I was going to say, listen to him and then watch Twitter after a game he comments. Like, the, it just blows up and about how he ain't great. What is it? The Mannings even made fun of him when uh, Peyton was like, yeah, uh, if I was in a booth, I'd want to be with someone like Joe Buck he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but he's got, like, this quippy, like, I don't have, like, I'm not from Cleveland, so I don't have, like, this sort of... I don't know, Cleveland. Yeah, I have the Buckeye edge. You guys have the Browns edge. And so I'm like, uh, I don't know much about Joe Buck, but man, to your point, all I know is after every time he commentates, everyone's like, oh my goodness, put a gun in my mouth. Jeez Louise, Joe Buck's back on TV. I'm like, what? Okay. I guess. You get to do two sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. My last pick. Um is pretty easy for me. He's off of first things first because Stephen A. Smith knew how bad he sucked. Oh, it's Max Kellerman. This is a good one. It's, yeah. uh, so for the record, a close second would be Will Kane, who also got kicked off first oh, things yeah. first because he was absolute garbage. But Max, Max Kellerman, one, they would frequently talk about his love for boxing on first things first, and he would relate it to other sports. And I'm just like, why? You talk about football and basketball 99% of the time, yet you felt the need to be like, boxing is what matters here, and I'm going to go off on it. And two, he's another one who is just like, analytics are right, 
I stand by them, and I'm going to hold firm to that position, just like Nick Wright. But he just does it in, in even dumber ways. For example, we talked about adjusting your opinion with new data. His Tom Brady cliff theory from what was that? <laughs> uh, that, that was the 28-3 to 3 year. 2019. Right? That, that was 28-3 to 3 when yeah. that started. And he just held on to it for four or five years. And here Tom Brady is literally retiring with, what, the most passing touchdowns or it's like the, one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the NFL. PFF, I think, gave him the MVP award. Constantly awful takes. You got to watch Stephen A. Smith humiliate him argument after argument. And then, like, at the end, after Stephen, Smith, Stephen A. Smith yelled, like, all right, we're done. I won this one. Max told be like, no, you didn't. And then it would just cut to commercial. So... But I got to say, though, that's what his job was. You're just, <laughs> you're just saying what his job was. Just be Stephen here's, A. Smith's whipping boy? Yes. Here's where, but here's where I, this is where I don't know enough about sports commentating, sports color commentary, or, or, or analytics shows or whatever. It's like, I don't know if they're setting these guys up for failure because they just have to have opposite takes. Like, hey, Stephen A is coming up with this take. We're going to give him the best take. He's going to defend it. You got to go take the crap take. Sorry, Max. I don't know. I hope it's not that way. But, yes, to your point, Max just had awful takes all the time, every time. And nothing was ever good. (laughs) And I remember, you know, that's like – it's like the other thing about going back to Skip. Skip just, like, holds on to his wins. Like, if he was right about something, he just, like, holds on to it forever. Hey, Tim Tebow, I said, was going to be great. Then he also said Johnny Manziel was going to be bigger than LeBron James. So mm-hmm. oh, nobody ever brings that one up. And then he's like, I totally did. And at the time, he was going to be. And I'm like, no, oh, just say it. I screwed up. <laughs> Johnny Manziel is a crackhead. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, what, the one nice thing about gambling. Money talks, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If someone's right or wrong, you, you obviously know the results. They're right you know in front immediately. of your face. Yep. All right. So I'm good with six. Is there any honorable mentions you guys want to say? Mm. That's how bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Him and Jason Witten were just a, a pair. I cannot believe that they put those two together. I don't know how they get those guys. They're just like, hey. Whoever was good at football, just put them there. They're probably good at talking about football. That's, that, that's the Dallas Cowboy charm. Jerry Jones knew the right person, got Jason Witten the job. Uh, the, yeah. the, the only honorable mention I have is Lewis Riddick. I, I might be alone. I just Ooh. don't. He, I think he talks, and he doesn't know, and he just he, he gets word vomit, and he just keeps going. Sometimes. I'll say sometimes. I am that's less honorable mention. upset about honorable Lewis mention. Riddick. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I think one of the things that bothers me is that they got upset that he didn't get the G, a GM position, and ESPN right. kept brought, bringing it up, and I'm just like, all right, come on. Here's the deal. I got one off the script here. All right. All right. Browns fans. <laughs> okay. There are two factions. There is the faction that says, no matter what, I hate every single team in the AFC North, no matter what. I don't care what it is. I hope Bengals get crushed, and it's not even close because I want to see them suffer. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm in a group chat on Team Ohio, or you're on 
Team Ohio, which is, okay, great for the city of Cincinnati. Whatever. I'm all about it. Let's go Bengals. Just this one time. Which ones are you, A, and B, which, if I know the answer, which is, I hate the Bengals, and tell me, tell me why you can't be the other one. Okay, I got this real quick. So there's two factions here. There's people who like their team, and then there's people who are desperate for a win. And if the Browns were in the playoffs, we wouldn't, you know, if we lost the AFC Championship, the Bengals, we wouldn't be like, oh, Team Ohio. No, it, definitely not. The reason why you like the Bengals, no one else to, to root for, you're just trying to stick to something, it's desperate. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Time out. Okay. You, you personally got it. You're on that faction. What about <laughs> other people? Are you saying they're not true Browns fans? Is that what you're telling me? I'm saying people like to make up a narrative to be interested in, like, be more interested in the Super Bowl. You know, if you want to be on Team Ohio, go for it. But the truth is, I don't think that people in since give a crap about people in. If, like, the only thing is we're, like, three and a half hours away, like, in the same state borders, I just don't think that that's a very big bond whatsoever. So I got a guy, the reason I ask is, you know what, let me, let me just go ahead, Bill, go ahead, because before I say something, I want you to go. I live in Cincinnati. <laughs> I know. I am a Browns <laughs> Uh, obviously. Yes, but are you rooting for them? I am 100% rooting for them. Because... Oh, Ken! Just... Oh. in Cincinnati! I was going to say, like, I'm going to be sitting in a room with Cincinnati fans, and two, I have trashed Matt Stafford week after week after week. I'm partially rooting against Matt Stafford here. But... Alright, Nick Wright. What I'm going to get... Okay with it. I, this, is, this is not a flop pick. I like the Bengals. I, I've liked, I like them all year. I have just complained about Zach Taylor. I think they got good talent. Uh, but nice. also, as a Browns fan, just wait. I think the only teams you can't root for are the Ravens and the Steelers. And one, Steelers yes. rivalry is a billion years old. That if you're a Steelers fan and a Browns fan, it's like we, we know a couple like that. And it's not pretty sometimes. <laughs> and then two, Ravens. They literally stole our Super Bowl. We were the Browns, what, in 96 we moved? And four years later, they won a Super Bowl. That, that belongs to Cleveland, so you can't root for them <laughs> either. But Cincinnati, everyone always asks me, like, you know, as a Browns fan, if I wear Brown stuff to the store, do I get hate or, like, anything like that? Or even just, like, a side-off, like, oh, Browns fan... You know, we're, this is Cincinnati town. I actually get way more, hey, you're a Browns fan? Me too. <laughs> like, it is oh, not really? uncommon. More, there's more Browns fans in Columbus than there are Bengals fans. I'm telling you that. But I will tell you right now, I don't have, uh, you know, I, 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 my, my dad works for the Bengals. I'm partial to them. But if the Browns went, I'd probably be like, hey, whatever. Go Browns. I don't have it because I didn't wake up like that. Buckeyes, totally. I hate Michigan. I'll never vote for. I'll never root for Michigan. That's Steelers totally and Ravens. Michigan. I don't think that's Bengals. I, it's definitely different. I, I, my point is, I'm not pro Bengals. I'm. 
I'm very neutral. Like, I care less about the Bengals. I, my only thing is, like, looking long-term, like, I see next season. Like, what I see from the I think Joe Burrow is going to turn into the next Ben Roethlisberger. In case you're wondering, that means he just owns us twice a year for the next seven years. I owns one twice this year, though. No, yeah, I know, but that's a different Bengals team, and you know. <laughs> and, and I think that I don't want to get I don't want to get on the Joe Burrow train because my my button's going to say it all. But you're right. <laughs> I. I, between him, Chase, T. Higgins, I mean, they're only picking up. Um, so and remember, I say this when we talk about our picks. Just, just, <laughs> just a reminder that um, for like it had, I don't know if it was like six or seven, maybe eight years. Ben Roethlisberger had the most quarterback wins in Cleveland Brown in First Energy Stadium, or what, since it was built. Yeah, since it was built. So. Yeah, that that that's what the Browns fans don't want with Joe Burrow. <laughs> I bring this up because there's a guy I work with that like everyone gives crap to because he's a Browns fan, and he flat out was like, "I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I hate everybody in the AFC North except for the Bengals." And literally, truthfully, it was it was, it was five minutes before that, so like a, a kind of a fair weather Browns fan that she sits right beside me. She's like rooting for the Bengals. I was like. You're an example of one fan that's a brown, example of the other, and it's that, and it's that way by everyone. And immediately, he followed up with, like, yelling across, "I'm not watching the Super Bowl." And I'm like, "Oh, this is just perfect, just perfect." I, I would say most people are more, um, uh, but really, uh, I don't like the uh, future and the potential that that team holds, and the fact that we got to play them twice. Yeah, if if the, if the Steelers get Jimmy Jesus, man, I, I'm not looking forward to the, 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 the division. You know, you got Joe Burrow on one side, Jimmy Jesus over there, and Lamar Jackson running through everyone. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, um, we're gonna shelf top five quarterbacks to start a franchise because we we went all, a little long on sports media personalities. So, uh, Super Bowl food, obviously, when you have a Super Bowl party. The most important part's the food, especially when your team isn't in the Super Bowl and you're really there just for the food, commercials, and halftime show. Can we make the Super Bowl Saturday, by the way? Because I don't want to have to wake up and go to work. So it stinks for Sarah because Cincinnati Public School District already announced that Monday is canceled. Oh, that's right. By the way, that's awesome. I saw that. That's awesome. She works in Monroe, which is halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, so yeah, she yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. get the day off. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> I'm to take it off. I, to- I was going to say, yeah, just, just, you know, you got a little cough. Calling sick. You got sick days. They're fine. All right. So, anyway, Super Bowl foods. Do you guys want to do a draft style like we just did? Or do you just want to name off things you want? I'm trying to think. This is, I'm trying to think of, like, Specific foods to the Super Bowl that I don't like. Go, hmm. I'm just. I get that every week. I want that like all the time. <laughs> all right, I got. I got one. It's weird, but taquitos. <laughs> so everyone, you think I'm crazy? That, might be that was on my list. <laughs> so taquitos <laughs> are absolutely delicious, but 
when you get them from the store, it is ridiculously priced. It's like you get 30 for 10 or 12 bucks and you eat 30 like instantly. I can't buy them regularly. I need a special yeah. I need a special event. So when the Super Bowl comes around, I am more than happy to splurge the extra couple bucks. Phil, for love of donuts, you're an actuary. You can go buy as many taquitos weekly as you want. All right, just My listen wife to this. Makes them. Just wait, like homemade taquitos? Yes. I'll be in town. Just let me know when. Um, exactly. Um, so just listen to this. Tomorrow. I was shopping for frozen pizzas, and I heard how good the stuffed crust DiGiorno's were. I saw that they were $2 more than the regular crust DiGiorno. And after, like, seeing that, I put the box back because I felt guilty. <laughs> the ultimate cheapskate. That's what that sounds like. Here's a not hot. Phil, pay the extra $2. <laughs> Go crazy. Go nuts. I hope everyone comments this week that, like, has made it this far in all different language. Oh, <laughs> grow up. Everyone. So, you're so listening right now. Please that. comment that. So, you said this 30 tequilos, 10 or 12 bucks. I was like, wow, what a deal. <laughs> what a deal. No way. <laughs> what an embarrassment. So, th- the funny and thing is, you guys may think I'm bad. You're making fun of our number one listener on the show, my friend Nate Schmidt will not go out to eat anywhere unless he has a coupon. And it's not like, oh, spend 20, get five off coupon. It has to be minimum buy one, get one free. And he'll be like, hey, you go first in line. And then I'll buy. It's like, I'm with him. And then he'll use the coupon with me. I have had this debate with my parents, my mom, my family, because I have three brothers. And we all were kind of taught the same exact thing. And there are people that just take it to the nth degree. There's a difference between being prudent and being cheap. My mom tells me all the time when I go borderline, she's like, don't be cheap. Be prudent. Taquitos, $12 versus 10. That would be cheap. Very. That one is cut and dry, Phil. Like I said, it is. For a special occasion, you whip out those extra $2. Any occasion. Any occasion. That special occasion is Saturday. <laughs> All right. So there it is. Taquitos. I'm cheap. That's why you should always trust my gambling picks because, you know, I value my money so much that I won't waste it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ken, do you have any picks? So I don't, Super Bowl food to me is just it's football food. And that, that means it's a weekly thing, Phil. I'm sorry. But that, um, that counts. Anything that you want during a football game. So, and well, Phil, and we shouldn't label it foot. We should label it football foods, Sunday afternoon foods, not Super Bowl foods. Well, we would be talking about Phil's taquitos if you're not talking about the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, you guys, eat, you guys eat completely different than me. Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday. <laughs> yeah. But when I think of that, I think of the appetizer foods, but also stuff you don't prep. I mean, this is stuff you go to the frozen section and you find you find taquitos. Oh, I, I'm not huge on the pizza rolls. Give me the frozen pizza. But, you know, my one thing I love is those, uh, the frozen uh, potato skins, like those Fridays. Give me those for the Super Bowl. Every time I think of that, I think of chicken wings. And then, of course, frozen, uh, the potato skins. You want, you're just over here burning money 
Those things are ridiculously per ounce. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. I knew you were going to say per ounce, and I was about to punch you. If I could punch you through this, I knew you were going to say per ounce. Or, like, have you looked at the label on the bottom left where it says zero dog point three three cents per ounce, go get the Kroger brand type of – listen, I know all the tricks. I grew up with it too, man. I'm, I'm all about it. But, listen, at the same time, if, if you're at Kroger, you already know it's probably better than going to Whole Foods or something like that. You're at Kroger. Hey Kroger, you're already doing making a good choice. That's your good choice. Don't have to take down to the nth degree, Phil. You just don't have to. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said buffalo chicken dip. That was about that's about like if I think of one different food that I don't get regularly, and when I say regularly, I mean like, I don't know, if I'm hungry. I would say I don't go out and make buffalo chicken dip. Side note, I've never made it. I've only had it where somebody has made it for me. So once again, buffalo chicken dip. And Phil, guess what? I don't know if that stuff ever goes on sale. So hmm, listen to this. Crazy. You don't buy it. So it's free for you. You're playing the same game. You just don't know it. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Uh, Buffalo chicken dip. No, I, I love it. But like when I think of Super Bowl parties, I think of like being younger and going. I didn't have the. I didn't have buffalo chicken dip till I was like, like twenty five. Like way, way too late. <laughs> um, no, I, I completely agree. And when I had, it, I was like, it's amazing. This stuff. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do you even make this? Yo, and then like you also go, man, this isn't that bad for me because it's got chicken in it. And then I go. Yeah, this is good. This is good for me. It's not even covered in like total cheese or sour cream or ranch dressing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all blended in there. It's not covered in it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. All right. So what we're getting at is foods that are easy to heat up or things that preserve well for a long period of time that you can have out. It seems to be where we're going. So that's why I'm picking chili. So you guys ever watch uh, Modern Family? I've seen it, yeah. All right. So Jay, like in the last season or something, is all excited because he's going to start watching the Super Bowl with someone. And they planned to get together at like 6 a.m. and start their Super Bowl day. And as he's commenting on it, he goes, the Super Bowl is a special occasion. You always need your Super Bowl buddy. They got to understand it's a 15 hour day. It's a 15 hour day. You have three (laughs) meals. You get two shirts and you get one nap. (laughs) Like it's it's a whole event. (laughs) And that, and the first, the first thing they were gonna do was make chili. So I, th- I just think warm, heavy chili, cold winter, and it just sits well, and you can dip in it. It's perfect. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I don't think of chili as like Super Bowl food. I think of it as a cold day food. And is it cold during the Super Bowl? <laughs> Oh, I got enough. Connor awkwardly cut out right there, so we couldn't hear him trash me. <laughs> Pretty cold in Los Angeles. That's basically all I said. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, I don't think it's chilly either. <laughs> when did you guys go to the Super Bowl ever? Is this just because you watched Modern Family once? No, this is um, a blend of I started it. Did I, I think I started it my first year in Cincinnati because like, I just wanted to have chili one day, or I wanted to have chili. I'm like, oh, it's the Super Bowl. That works out well. And then every year I was like, actually, this is really good because I make it and it's ready by noon. And, you know, you got the puppy bowl to watch. 
you have six hours to kill. <laughs> so it's just sitting there ready all day. <laughs> Can't believe you just said the puppy bowl. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you a kitten bowl fan? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you are you not pro puppy bowl? I'm pro puppy bowl, but man, I got other things to do. But maybe that's what. Maybe I'm just not good at watching the Super Bowl. I just watch the game. Not the commercials. Not the halftime show. I watch, I watch both of those, but like from the time that the kickoff happens, like to the end, like I'm all zoned in. But like before, right. after. Connor, when our podcast just blows up and this is all we're doing for a living, we'll be Super Bowl buddies. We'll take the Monday after off and, you know, we'll, we'll have our 15-hour day. <laughs> Good. All right. Good. So we've made it way too far without, and I briefly mentioned chicken, yes, chicken wings. And I got some buffalo dips. Listen, all right, so my jury is chicken wings, man. Homemade chicken wings are really easy to screw up. And that is my biggest... No, Phil, Phil, you're going to catch one of these in your mouth. I can make chicken wings. I'm just saying. Listen, listen. Because, okay, if you get them raw, okay? Get them raw. Somebody doesn't cook them all the way through. And the skin is slimy. Yeah. Happens all the time. And it is not good. That's so, fair. no, don't look at me and go, hmm, yeah, ooh, nobody can screw up chicken wings. Listen, dude, this ain't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? It's, it's, it's very different. It's very easy to screw up. Or you could do what Ken's probably going to say, which is like, hey, go get a big Sam's Club box and get like 30 of them for, you know, oh, my goodness, $7.50, and they're already pre-cooked, and there you go. Uh, per ounce, that's way too much. Yeah, yeah. There's the the, the the bones in there. You're paying for the bone, and that's in the per ounce cost. They don't tell you. <laughs> My dad literally makes one thing ever. The only thing he ever cooks, and it is deep fried chicken wings. Doesn't screw them up. Sorry, I, I gotta disagree. I uh, real quick, he doesn't make them. So my mom preps them, breads them, seasons them. <laughs> My dad puts them oh. into the deep fryer, pulls them out, and then my mom sauces them. <laughs> oh. This is all news to me. I've never been present to actually see it happen. He brags about it, though. He's like, I make the best chicken wings. Yes, yes. You, right. you, you, you have a great uh, watch on your phone. You know that when they're golden brown, they come out. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Uh, so, Connor, we can, we can wrap it up with your last Super Bowl food. I don't, guys, I, I, I think I had this like one time and I don't know why it sticks out. Don't worry, that's me and Jimmy. <laughs> you guys are going to sit here and be like, you guys are going to sit here and be like, what? I don't even know why, but like, little mini pigs in a bucket. Like, I don't know why. They just, I think my mom, this got to be a Lucas thing. I think my mom made them for like a Buckeyes game time and then she mm-hmm. carried it over this bowl. I just like remember the little like the little mini Vienna sausages, put them in like the little croissants, and then we had them multiple times. I just remember there's like 15 of them out, and I think I ate like 14 of them, and I was like, man, oh, these are good. And then every single time, I, I, now it only happens when I go back over to my parents. Remember that it sticks out. I don't know why. So that is a plug for pigs in a blanket. I'll tell Basha. We'll get you some on Sunday uh, or next <laughs> Sunday. But more importantly, the value of a food that you can pick up and eat and not have to carry a plate or a napkin is phenomenal. The best thing in the world. And it makes you feel like a giant. <laughs> yeah. 
I think people who are like doing finger foods, that's what I'm saying. If you can get a finger food in there and like if you get it in like mass produce it, something like, hey, if somebody could do pigs in a blanket, you could go buy them and eat them, like just get it associated with the Super Bowl business model. So we called it Pigs in the Blanket coming out next year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that covers all of our very important non-Super Bowl week topics. So just a reminder for everyone, stay away from Skip Bayless, Dan Orlovsky, Orlovsky, Nick Wright, and Max Kellerman this week. And you can't dodge Booger McFarland anymore. Um, Then for Super Bowl food. Go buy some taquitos, potato skins, buffalo chicken dip, chili, chicken wings, and make some mini pigs in a blanket, and you'll have by far the best Super Bowl party ever. And if you're from Cleveland, just, I don't know, go try and have Joe Buck retire. (laughs) All right. Uh, Oh, oh, also, Danielle, if you want a button that says, we called it first commenter, just uh, direct message me, and uh, we'll get you something. Thanks for listening. Get you a, if you want to believe in Joe Burrow, get one special order. All fans of our show get one because we all yes. believe in Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Thanks for listening.